Welcome to Democracy Ish. I'm Torre. And I'm Danielle Moody. And even though Donald Trump incited a violent insurrection against the American government, a mob that was looking to murder Republican elected officials. Republican elected officials in the U.S. Senate are like, I don't know. I don't think we've reached the threshold for impeachment. I think it's too much. I think that's too far. Because even now, they remain afraid of him and the power that he has and the violent tendencies of his supporters. And so right now, it looks highly likely that he will be acquitted. He will not be impeached um, by the Senate, or he will not be convicted, I should say, by the Senate, which means that he will retain the ability to run for president again. So here's the thing that I feel that we need to do, which is stop disavowing the Republican Party of their agency, right? They are not afraid of Donald Trump. They are Donald Trump. They are not afraid of this mob. They are this mob. This is what they fundamentally believe in. White supremacy, patriarchy, um, racism, misogyny. I mean, the list goes on and on. For so long, we have said, oh, we, we, we read the New York Times and the Washington Post and we see them say, in quiet, Republicans are just aghast. They are aghast by Donald Trump and his behavior. They are so taken aback that you know what they do about it? Absolutely fucking nothing, right? And so here they are. The man lost them the White House. He lost them the Senate. He lost them the House of Representatives back in 2018 with the first fucking blue tsunami. And yet still, they double and triple down in Trumpism. Well, here's the thing, right? Because you're absolutely right. They they are of Trump, and the and he has power because they refuse to rein him in at any step. And their actions, in their words, further uh, encourage the mob to do whatever they want to do. So nobody's taking a leadership position in this entire situation, but the core notion that is powering the rank and file republican voter is the big lie the idea that the election mm-hmm. was stolen do you believe that republicans in the senate not not congress because there are some QAnon wackos in congress but Woo. you know in do you believe that the republican sen the 50 republican senators believe that the election was actually stolen and if not isn't there not a core fundamental difference in that they are pretending to go along with trump and trumpism when they know yeah biden actually won the election whereas the people on the ground are i mean i sent it to you the the uh the the the, i guess you call it a reel or a tiktok where somebody was like so i'll give you a million dollars a million dollars. If you dollars. tell me who won the election, and the woman said mm-hmm. Donald Trump, and he said a million dollars is on the line, and she said Donald John Trump. <laughs> I mean, like, and she she doesn't even have, you know, they don't even have like the sense to like, 
well, you know, we're not serious. Like, no, they really, really believe that he actually won the election because there's no way Biden could have won. He didn't really run that hard. We didn't see any hats. We didn't see any. There were no Biden boat rallies. <laughs> there was no. But I'm sure there that, was no swag. I'm sure that if you 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 polled Republicans in the Senate, they they would say, "Yeah, no, of course, of course, Biden won." So, is but there not a Torrey, fundamental difference between the two groups? No, I really don't. I think that one used violence in order to overthrow an election and the government and the other one is using the system that is still unjust in order to overthrow the government after they were clutching their pearls and hiding under desks and barricading themselves in their offices as thousands of people entered the capitol once the melee was put under right they still got back on the floor and six of them still voted to say that the election was fraudulent so no, I think that if you were to do a poll of Republicans, there is no daylight. Do you understand between them? It what the only difference is in their tactics. It is not a difference of opinion or ideology. I feel like so much of modern Republicanism is performative at the elected and the media level, the leadership level. The, the the rank and file are in a bubble and they don't understand that, yes, Obama is American. No, Obamacare will not have death <laughs> panels Christ. that will kill people. Uh, we could keep going. Like, you know, no, Donald Trump did not win the 2020 election, right? I mean, there's been several huge lies that they have been sold that have animated their behavior over the last five to seven years. But I, and I remember the videos of, of reporters trying to ask Republican elected officials, do you believe that Obama was born in America and them running away from reporters? Literally, <laughs> literally running down the hall of like Rayburn, right. like literally running away. The question. Um, I, I think that the running suggests they know the truth and they are afraid to have the mob hear them say the truth, right? Because they must be part of the 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 detachment from reality, or you just lose your you know Republican in good standing card. If you stand up and say the truth, then you're like, oh my God, you have ruined the fantasy. You said Santa Claus wasn't real. You must leave Childland. You can't be here anymore. Um I, I I think there's something different between, and perhaps even more culpable. Because if we actually believed that the election was stolen, then that would justify pretty much any behavior, perhaps not uh, homicidal behavior, but it would justify quite a bit. But didn't we believe in 2016? And like, this isn't a both sidesism, but honestly, in 2016, right? We believed, and it was found to be true, that there was Russian interference in the election, right? That Donald Trump was getting help. Did Antifa storm any castle? Did we did we call Donald Trump an illegitimate? Like, I, I just, 
there is no reasoning behind what it is that they are doing, saying, and perpetuating. You have a Josh Hawley and a Ted Cruz who are complicit in the actions that led to 1-6, and yet they are acting as jurors. That is like going to rob a bank and then sitting on, being caught, and then sitting in the jury of your own fucking trial. Like, you are complicit. No, it, it, you're absolutely right. And I, I, I don't even necessarily want to... We shouldn't both sides it, because it's different um, in so many ways, but partly because the big lie came from the top... It was pressed over and over and over. It was it was fomented further in their media organizations. And Trump and Trumpism has been building and and inciting a culture of violence since his rallies. I mean, his early rallies were, you know, would have basically a mosh pit um, where they would, you know, sort of, you know, incite. To violence, you know, if there were pre- counter protesters, uh, rather protesters, they they would be treated violently, thrown out mm-hmm. and punched on the way out, attacked on mm-hmm. the floor. And Trump was overtly encouraging this, right? And you see these videos of people who are clearly pumped up on the hyper testosterone and the hyper white supremacy that Trump was mm-hmm. selling. All of this flows into what happened on 1-6. It was not just a week of saying you've been lied to and stolen from, but like years of hyping up like this is how we respond. We fight. We are the outsiders. They're going to try to rob it from us. You know, I'm here. I'm to, to give you the entitlement that you deserve to have. And also the victimhood that you're used to. It's it's a, such a weird cocktail. I just think that the elected officials know better. I feel like Sean Hannity. They don't. It, I, I I think they do. I think they do. I think they, they don't. They don't know any better. Like, how can you both be victim and warrior in the same time? How can you both say like we were wronged, but we're also the best? Like, how do you listen to this man over the course of four years? And you know, if if I'm assuming that because you've run for office at some point in time, you've read the Constitution and you know that he's been in violation of it. How did they look at the impeachment trial of a Bill Clinton? And you want to tell me that a blowjob should get you kicked out of office, but an insurrection does doesn't like I don't like the rationale that they have and and it's our I I believe it's because we are good people honestly I believe it's because Democrats are good people that we always want to say no 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 there are good people no 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 they do believe better but they don't they don't know any better because if they actually did they would act better how do you have but five Republicans come out and say we're going with this impeachment trial because the evidence of incitement is overwhelming. Everyone asked the 130 plus people that have been arrested, asked by the FBI, how did you get to this place? How did you get to the Capitol? Why did you do this? Because my president told me right. to. Right, right. But all of them, 45 of them said, no, that's totally okay. It's, it's fine. totally fine. It's He's fine. already gone. It's fine. Well, I mean, my God. This show is part of. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. 
That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. The Pro-Democracy Podcast Coalition. The midterms are coming and it's more important than ever that we protect and fix our elections. We all know that our government is broken. Politicians spend more time working for themselves, their big donors, and their political party instead of for us. We as Americans have had enough of the corruption, partisan bickering, and gridlock. Look, I get that all the nonsense makes you want to tune out, but I'm here to tell you there's reason for hope. Our political system is broken now, but we can fix it. That's why we've partnered with Represent Us, a nonpartisan grassroots organization that has helped notch more than 160 victories to improve our elections and give power back to the voters where it belongs. Right now until November, there are many, many ways you can get involved. Represent Us is working in cities and states to pass good government policies like ranked choice voting. And they're also recruiting folks to help staff the polls. Let's protect our elections now and for generations to come. Visit represent.us slash pod to learn more. That's represent.us slash pod. What, what would you have to do to say, you know what? That's too far. Nothing is too far <laughs> Nothing. for people. Anything is They acceptable. chanted to hang Mike, Mike Pence. Pence. They, sa- they said we heard them audibly. There is a man that was picked up who wanted to assassinate AOC, who wanted to assassinate the House Speaker. I, you know what I keep thinking to myself? Do you know what would have happened? Do you know what would, what Republicans would have offered if these people had been able to really act out their desires of murder and kidnapping and torture? Is that they would have tweeted out what they do after every mass murder, right? After every mass shooting, thoughts and prayers. Wasn't Nancy such a good woman? That's what they would do. You know, I can't That's what they would do. The mind to go there to think about what would have happened if they were able to get their hands on an elected official, you know, be it a name brand official or somebody that we didn't know. Um, and not that those lives are necessarily better than a cop's life because the video of the murder of that cop is gruesome. Oh my God. And I mean, like, you know, it's not mm. like one or two people. It's a mob that is beating and beating and beating him. And when you talk about fire extinguishers thrown at police officers, it's a it's just a miracle that more people weren't murdered. Now, on the other side, and maybe this is bad, I do agree with you that Dems are on balance better people. And I think that that a reflection of who you are is what you think of other people. And if you think everybody is uh, somebody you should be afraid of, and so you should be suspicious of, and everybody else you, 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 know, you are angry at, there's something wrong with you. If you think other mm-hmm. people are trustworthy and should have a chance at life and 
you know, can be your neighbor, even if they're strangers, there's probably you're probably reflecting what's inside of you. Now, mm-hmm. that said, I sometimes do things that I'm like, wow, was that bad? <laughs> and so I pose the question to you, is this bad? Because I was watching Please. this awesome uh, frontline documentary about Trump and the incitement of violence um, from 2016 or even 2015 all the way through uh, to 1-6. And the moment it was – this was the clearest video I have seen of the the killing of Ashley uh, Bobbitt, right? Was it Bobbitt mm-hmm. or Babbitt? I have no idea, but please. You continue. know who I'm talking about, right? The the, yes. the protester who was the one who was going to go through the door, through the broken window. And they shot her in the neck. And they shot her. And one cop shot mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. And I watched that moment of her getting shot over and over, and I kept rewinding it. And I'm only confessing this to you because it's just you and me talking, and we're friends. <laughs> yeah, clearly it's and just me and I you. took such joy in seeing that happen. That there was here was a clear line. The officers were clearly overwhelmed. They were letting a lot of shit go. That you know you would be taken down in normal society, but it was like we are way past the line. We're just trying to hold the line here. And there was clearly an officer. I'm pretty sure he was black. Who was like the you know our mission is to protect the elected officials. They are over there. If you cross this line, I am pulling the trigger. And breaking the glass was not. We're 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 letting that happen. You come through here. I'm gonna shoot you. And his gun was visible. People saw it. She had a warning. And still, she was vaulting through that window. And I rewound it over and over and over. And I'm sorry. Maybe it makes me a bad person. But I did take some joy in seeing, you know, one of those 1-6 terrorists get shot and killed. Am I a terrible person? don't know <laughs> if you are a terrible person or not. I know that like this wasn't like Die Hard the movie come to life. And so that was an actual person getting yeah. shot and killed. And so I don't necessarily take solace in it or want to watch that over and over again i find it disturbing i find any type of like violence like that disturbing when you realize that it's not a movie like it's actually happening in real life i think that the catharsis maybe if that's the right word that you felt to array was more so around the fact that in that moment she was being held accountable for the violence that she was perpetuating. And we actually never see that happen in real life to white people. It is just something that we never see. And so I think that while I'm not going to watch that on replay, like Bridgerton on Netflix, I think that it's important that people are held accountable, but I'll let our listeners decide whether or not let me know. you are a bad person. Let me know in the comments <laughs> and on the Twitter if you think I'm a horrible person for feeling that way. Wait, are you like heavy on the Bridgerton tip? I mean, yeah, I've watched it like 18 times. It's how I disrupt 
the craziness that we are currently living in by pretending that if, you know, reconstruction had been allowed to happen, Bridgerton would have been real. This is what I play in my head. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I watched the first episode. I wasn't I wasn't mad at it. I didn't need it in order to go on. You know what I have watched over the past week, which blew me away, perhaps the best some of the best, maybe the best filmmaking I've seen all year on uh, on television, Small Acts. Oh, I don't know that. Small Acts is um, on uh, Amazon. Steve McQueen, who made 12 Years a Slave. I like Steve. Um, I like it's Steve It's a five-piece, or you could call it five films that make up one larger film about uh, black resistance to institutional racism in England throughout the 60s to the 80s, there's uh, you know a film about education. There's a film about John Boyega uh, becoming a police officer and trying to change the police in from the inside. Um, there's a there's one about uh, you know a group of people who who sort of stood up to the police and ended up going on trial. A real you know these are real stories. And there's this one film called lover's rock which is just the story of a party like they move out the couches they make the food they start playing the music people come in people go men are trying to pick up women they're dancing people are going to the bathroom you know it's just a party and it's amazing. I miss parties. <laughs> I, I like as you're like literally the only thing that I held on to from that was, wow, I'd like to go to a party. <laughs> I don't think that's happening anytime soon no, at all. No. We're I don't know if we'll ever party again. I mean, and which makes me so sad because I'm like the last party I went to, I really should have fucked it up. You know, like I really should have gone super hard. Imagine how hard you would have gone if you realized that the last great thing that you did, entertainment-wise, was going to be the last thing. Like, I would have came home at 6 in the morning, been like, fuck it. Well, you know, I I went on a trip to New Orleans with uh, a group of my friends um, right after the very beginning. And we knew, like, this is going to be the last time we get to go anywhere because, like, we just barely escaped New York. Like, a week later, this was, like, mid-March. It was shut down. So, like, a, yeah. a week later it would have been like, oh, hell no, we're not going anywhere. But that second week in March, we could still make an argument to ourselves and our wives and our girlfriends or whatever. <laughs> and we played all the tennis and we ate all the food in new orleans and it was like i'm not leaving one great restaurant untouched cuz i'm not going to be i could i could see we're not get, you know i didn't think it was going to be a year plus plus but um we could see so i i did kind of get that in a little bit but um a party Make It Plain covers politics and social justice. From organizers to legislators, it's the conversation you need to get woke. A party. Just, I mean, I'm just thinking and I'm like, man, the themes I would throw, like the things that I would do. I love parties and it's sad. It's sad. I mean, that's where we are. What are they saying? We're headed to another lockdown. I mean, let's just, 
Everybody needs, and like, the thing is, when we say that we're headed to a lockdown, do you ever leave your house? I know that I rarely ever leave mine. You know what I don't miss? I don't miss when you throw a party and that first hour where nobody comes because, (laughs) you know, you don't want to be the first one there, but then you're like, might this be the dud that nobody nobody comes at all? Oh my god! Oh my god! And then the second hour, people come and you're kicking into it and you're flowing. Okay, all right. Okay, good. Now we get all right. Yeah, you know. But I would think through my mind, huh? John never came, huh? Oh shit! <laughs> he didn't come. Huh. I invited so and so. They didn't come. Okay, okay. You know, are you like Trump? Are you like Trump? You keep a you keep a list of the people who didn't who didn't show up, and then you're like, be, you know what? You're not gonna get elected. You're not gonna get invited to the next one. Why I gotta be like Trump? Why I gotta be like Trump? He, Lots of people do he that. Keeps a, he keeps the list of the people that snub him. Lots of people do that. I don't know why it's gotta be like Trump. Jesus Lord, you just made that really bad. Um, <laughs> I feel I continue to feel a spiritual calm. With Trump out of the room and a, a true grown-up in the White House. And, you know, the Republican attempt to make Biden seem like some left-wing radical is mocked by, what did he do? Kill the travel ban, uh, mm-hmm. you know, let trans people into the military, which is what the military actually wanted, Rejoin the Paris Climate Accord, which, like, makes sense. Uh, Established nationalized standards around how we're going to deal with coronavirus. Listening to scientists. The, you know, Fauci and Burks are coming out being like, I was muzzled and now I can say what I really want to say without fear. I mean, like, nothing radical is even on the table. Like, you know. Unless you hate, unless you hate unity which is what republicans hate here's a question that i have for you though i watched the clips of dr burks dr burks's interview my my, my blood pressure is already rising keep going i literally want to strangle that woman so she sits in the interview with her own fucking scarves by the way okay like with all of her own fucking scarves see i didn't say i wanted to kill ashley i just got joy from watching her oh you got joy from watching murder dr burks i mean would i really with her own scarf though the poetry of it all but nonetheless she sits there and says so out of everybody in the trump administration i was given one person there was one person that was in charge of the coronavirus and a bunch of volunteers this is the only part of the interview that I can, like, and I said, and so you're telling us this now after over 400,000 people are dead because you were running like a volunteer fluff and fold. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, how is, how is that okay? And then come out and be like, well, you know, it's what I was given. What? Like, you knew, you knew. I, I honestly, I feel like people like that, and I'm not a lawyer, I only play one on TV, but I feel like people like that need to be charged with a crime. I really do. Because I'm like, you knew what was going on behind the scenes, and you tried to either sit there and say nothing, which your your silence is complicity, yeah. you know? And so I, I just, I'm like, but they're all going to go on with their lives, get books, get other jobs, and continue on well, as if— We'll see if they're able to continue on. Um, I mean, Dr. Burks is perhaps, you know, like one of the 
uh, decidedly less political members. I saw a note that said that some of them are struggling to find uh, post-Trump work, and they should be professionally penalized for participating and being part of all of this um, and not standing up and saying, you know, like, things are foul, this is wrong, this is horrifying. Um, Kaylee McEnany hired by Fox. Like, you know, that was not surprising. Um, you know, but we'll, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see about what book deals come up. We'll see if, if uh, Sarah Huckabee is able to become the governor of Arkansas. We'll see. Oh, we'll see. my God. Have... What do you think is wrong with the people in Arkansas for that even to have, like, for the polling that she did somewhere, somehow showed to her that she had the possibility well, of following in her idiot father's footsteps. Well, you know, name recognition is critical at this early stage of of a campaign. So, you know, that that's fairly easy for her to think that she could get it done. But um, Dr. Burks, I lack the empathy or sympathy or whatever it is that she is looking for that she comes Mm-mm. out now to Mm-mm. say, yeah, you know, I mean, because Fauci never took the turn that Burks took, right? Nope. Fauci, uh, Burks started saying things like, you know, oh my God, his understanding of the science is amazing. It must be because he used to be a great businessman and you know, she's, oh my god! Right? It was disgu- right? Remember that? It was disgusting. Yes. She's been caping for him in a way mm-hmm. that was really disgusting. That was very transparent. Look, why could you not have resigned? Why did you not say no? I'm not saying that, and I'll resign if if that's what you would prefer. Um, are but you- did you not hear her say that? Like again. We're supposed to think of her as if she was some great defender of America because, like, oh, I had to stay. This is what she's saying in her interviews. Like, oh, I, you know, I was there because I wanted to, you know, be in the room. Be in the room as they were creating charts and graphs that were based on nothing but fairy tales that you didn't oversee, didn't know where they came from, but they would show up on television or show up in the presser and you just stand there like, oh, yeah. I did that circle over there that tells us everything's going to go poof by April. The idea that you were staying there to save us from things going truly off the rails is insane. Um, it's it's a it's a it's a crazy justification. It's not real. And if that was your true path, you'd have to come a lot harder now in the post-Trump era. To prove to me that you really were trying to do that, and now let me let me now let me tell you everything so you understand how much worse things could have been. And thankfully, I was in the room to keep things from going far, far worse. One thing that I see people keep bringing up is that Fauci got death threats. So this mm-hmm. is perhaps part of why Burks was afraid to come out and say, you know, like, I'm resigning. I'm not taking this anymore. I'm going to go on Rachel Maddow and tell what's really, really, really real. Um, You know, I'm sorry. You're a doctor. It's your responsibility in life to do no harm. 
and you mm-hmm. couldn't possibly have been in the administration and thinking, I am doing no harm, and that leaving would not have been the more power because she in staying she destroyed her reputation yep in leaving she would have bolstered her reputation she could have gone on any station every ev- show every show every she or she could have picked one place and i'm going to be on here every day Telling you exactly what you need to know. Here's the thing to me is that, look, look, I I don't think that you should run for office or hold these public spaces. And the assumption is that death threats are par for the course. Right. Like, but that's that's the world that we are living in. That's where we're moving towards. But a death threat, you know, what's worse than a death threat? The actual deaths of four, over 400,000 Americans, right. right? That's what's actually worse. And so the idea that she even sits there with a smug smile on her face as if she can pat herself on the back for having done a good job, to me, is disgusting. No, I do find, I do find the attempt to be forgiven disgusting. But, you know, we have not yet seen true accountability for nope. participating in the madness that is Trumpism. We are seeing the potential sheen of it in the many, many, many arrests that we've had for everybody who was gleefully shouting themselves out and live streaming themselves and taking pictures and selfies and like, look, I'm in the Capitol breaking the law. Wee! Um... Oh, the whiteness of it all. Oh, my God. I just, oh I just God. cannot. It's so, it's so white. It's so white. It's so <laughs> fucking white. I mean, the entitlement and the victimhood. Who could, it's, I, it's, who could be it, whiter I mean, than that? It's intoxicating. It, it, it clearly it is intoxicating, right? It clearly is. But my goodness, the brashness I mean, of the it. Just the certainty Ugh. that no matter what I do, Things will be okay. I won't have to pay for this. You know? And in their mind, they probably don't even go to because I'm white, because it's so deeply ingrained in who they are. They, like, why would I have to pay for this? Like... I'm, I'm what? Who who are who are you to tell me any? Did you see like just the image of them sauntering in the shirtless guy with the fucking bullhorns on? You know the fucking vegan or the one that needs organic motherfucking food sauntering in? I mean, I have never wanted to physically harm people more than that group of people that managed to get to the floor. No, it's different because what I'm saying is figurative. It is not literally watching murder on loop Torre. But but I mean, like, we're both saying these are horrible people who were treasonous, violently so, against our country, and we both want to see harm come to them. I just want to see the harm. You want to do the harm. You want to actually act on it. Oh I'm God. not. I, I'm a lover, not a fighter. I'm not going to physically attack any of them. You're like, I want to take Dr. Burks's scarf and strangle well, the one six terrorists. Yeah. I'm like, I just I like watching them get shot. Everyone should be very grateful that I meditate now because I am, you know, this is only partially. Me, you know, I am very zen. But yeah, I'd strangle her if I saw her in public. It's why I don't go outside. You know, uh, that's that's why I definitely there's definitely <laughs> you know I, I 
I definitely have that list in mind. Like if I, <laughs> like I, no, really, Who's if on I your saw list? Hogan Gidley, who I actually know from being at MSNBC, he was on our show. He was around, you know, he's sort of like, um, you know, one of the Republican members of that extended community. So I know him. And if I saw him, it wouldn't be like, hey, how you doing? It'd be like, you fucker. You participated in that administration to the end, defending Trump, even after 1-6. You two are treasonous. You two are a traitor to America. And how could you fucking do that? What the fuck is wrong with you? And, yeah. you know, I, I, I don't want i'm not like danielle i don't want to actually enact violence oh on God. this person or any of these trumpers but i i don't think that if you saw an actual trump person in society why would you not give them a piece of your mind oh i'm giving them a piece i'm giving them the whole thing and that's a lot you're giving them a three piece with a, with a side of cornbread <laughs> I am giving them all of it. Give them okay. Mac and cheese. Yeah, we will presume we will pursue you know, peruse the fucking dollar menu with the fucking ordering that will be happening on that bitch. Yes. Oh mm-hmm. my god, thank you for listening to Democracy Ish where we found out Danielle's violent tendencies. I'm Torre. <laughs> and I'm Danielle Moody. And we will definitely be back next week because we'll definitely have a country. Yes, but it's filled with white supremacists. (laughs) Pray about it. Pray about it.